0: Welcome to "Tell Me Your Story": New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Uh, We come your way on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Mondays at 1 a.m., and uh, also Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for a special edition of "Tell Me Your Story." Uh, We're podcasting. We're video casting we are also looking for support and we're also encouraging you to participate in the decade of perfect vision and i will tell you more about that later on in the program we have a returning guest with us today and i'm very excited to have him come back to our uh, to our uh, microphones our cameras, whatever, however our program, if you will, and uh, talk more about uh, what we started with. And it is the Aetherius Society, coordinating with the gods from space. Reverend Paul Nugent is our guest today, and thanks for coming back. It's always a pleasure to have the kinds of conversations that we do that you and I shared the first time around. Thanks for being with us.
1: Well, it's my pleasure, Richard, and uh, it's, uh, you know, very kind and almost flattering of you to to invite me back, but I'm very happy to be here with you again.
0: And the subject matter, of course, is something that I have, uh, part of the subject matter, I should say, is something that for the first 10 or 12 years I did not want to go into. Only because of the, you might say, the level of controversy. Um, You know, I start going into this particular area and now I've got, I've got people, oh, here he goes. He's off. He's lost his mind because there are people who still believe the earth is flat and that we are at the center of the universe. Um, Well, if you want to go that far, I personally am the center of the universe. However, that's for my universe. Okay. whereas Reverend Paul Nugent is the center of the universe for his universe. So it's all a matter of perspective, right? (laughs) But when we start talking, uh, as I read there, the, you know, co-operating with the gods, plural, plural uh, from space, we are talking about life out there, are we not? William, if you're asking me that question, Richard, I am. Yeah, and
1: uh, we, we we certainly are, and um, and I think that you know we're literally on the cusp of um, what I would have to argue is the biggest change in the whole history of the human race, um, when we are coming into this far greater realization uh, of the reality within which we um don't just exist now but have always existed and it is literally cosmic and it is teeming with life and that uh, includes in fact um intelligent life and an intelligent life within our very own solar system um albeit on a different uh, dimension it's a multi-dimensional universe
0: there is uh something uh that is rather interesting about all of the, about this aspect of the Ethereum society in, and that is, of course, that uh, in our modern day, the, the, the demarcation point or the milestone was, um, I believe it was, was it 47 or 51? No, it was 47, because I'm thinking of Area 51. It was 1947 uh, when this whole subject matter really, really took off with the, the craft that crashed. In what is now Area 51, and all of the the, the questions, and oh no, it was a weather balloon, and on and on, and the the question that I ask of people, even such as yourself, and maybe I'll put this question to you, the government is now sort of, kind of, in a way, they're acknowledging the existence of life out there. However, what they're trying to do is, and I don't know if it's if it's America or if it's just human uh, nature in general, maybe from the reptilian brain, they're making life out there to be some kind of enemy. And, and I keep uh, uttering the phrase, if... They can travel intergalactically. We wouldn't be having this conversation, uh, Paul. We wouldn't. They they would have already taken over. We'd either be enslaved or dead. Um, so let's talk a little bit about UFOs that are real. They are friendly. They are certainly uh, alien, if you will, are real friendly and alien. And the government knows it, but the government somehow always has to stick its nose in... Um, in, in this, in this process of discovery of con- as, as the phrase goes of contact. Can you, can you sort of share your perspectives on that? Yeah, I
1: can. Well, um, f- first of all, <clears throat> um, I would say that, that that politicians on the whole, um, by definition are not into spirituality. It's not, it's not their normal world, they live in a different world. And uh, yet all this information <coughs> about UFOs gets directed towards governmental agencies. And I think that they don't really understand it. Uh, and they are um, uh, stonewalled by it. Uh, but there was a very telling <coughs> um, statement, uh, supposedly made by Winston Churchill during the Second World War, Uh, which he actually made to Dwight Eisenhower uh, after uh, an outstanding sighting by a a Royal Air Force crew. And by all accounts, what Winston Churchill said to Eisenhower is is this must immediately be classified because it uh, it would cause mass panic amongst the people and a disbelief in the church. And he, he might have been somewhat right in that. And I think that that has probably been the sort of um, prevailing with a very small w wisdom of politicians is to just sort of wrap this up because we don't understand it. Uh, and we certainly don't want it getting getting out to the people because we, may, we will have some kind of chaotic disorder, which is quite possible. And I think to, in that regard, The UFOs are playing a very clever game. Uh, Game probably isn't isn't quite the right word. But I think that what is happening is that they're not coming overtly because they think if they did come overtly, um, it would cause um, uh, lawlessness, possibly anarchy, just the way the world world is a powder keg as it is. And Mm -hmm. I think that anything like that would just sort of really has the potential certainly to set it off. And they don't want that. Uh, But I think this very sort of subtle, my goodness, what is that that people are having, that experience, you know, that's inexplicable. Did you see that, this sort of very slow, gradual appearance that people experience, that people are having, allowing it to sort of sink in, raise questions, uh, I think is, um, if this is the case, is a very clever and subtle way of preparing us for this greater reality. And I think that I would certainly um, throw crop circles into that same mix. I think that you know the, the first thing is we're mystified, and then we try and sort of say, well, it's it's men with planks of wood, and we can't wrap our heads around it. But they don't go away, I and mean, if anything, they just get more complex and more incredible. And so, for this to sort of gradually seep into the human psyche, it's just a way um, of of preparing us. Um, I liken it probably wrongly to the to the cooking of a frog but you know you slowly warm the water and um, I think maybe the water is slowly being warmed around us so that we are can acclimate to um, what has to come and I and in saying it has to come um, it's my belief that this kind of awakening of the human race to a far greater cosmic and I would have to say spiritual reality is is just about the only thing that is going to unite our world and even save our world.
0: Well, uh, <laughs> there are those who say that uh, we definitely need to work on the whole uniting. Uh, we have been so divided for so many centuries, maybe millennia, for that matter. There are also those who will say that uh, we are headed towards um, a rerun, only it's number six of a mass human extinction because we refuse for whatever reason, maybe it's that reptilian brain, we refuse to do the right thing and I'll, I'll, I'll use this it's less of analogy and more reality. Uh, I live here in California which has a lot of regulations about a lot of things okay matter of fact probably the most prominent or 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 pop um... well-known one at least in recent times is one where uh... if you're going to buy anything made from pork you're gonna find it hard to find and very expensive because of the regulations here in california well when i hear these arguments against all these regulations i say do you know why regulations were started in the first place it's because businesses refused to do the right thing when it came to its employees specifically child labor laws that's why children are not allowed to work for 10 or 12 hours a day six days a week maybe seven they were put there for to to protect us you and me the citizen now I would also acknowledge, too, I don't know about you, uh, uh, Reverend, but <clears throat> I would agree they've gone amok. They've gone a little over the top. They've gone crazy. But they were started for that sole purpose. So, um, uh, you know, when we start to take a look at the this subject matter in terms of how can we as a species survive, <clears throat> and maybe, I, you know what, I'm going to ask you this question, <clears throat> and you're you're a... You're somewhat of a student of history, right? I mean, you have a general knowledge of what a man has done to itself over the centuries, right? Within reason. Okay, and I'm not gonna get real specific here. We know about the phrase man's inhumanity to man, right? So, do you think that there is justification for the continuation of the human race? Maybe we deserve to be extinct for the sixth, sixth time. Well, I, um, I think there is justification
1: for the human race um, in, in <clears throat> at least at least one way, probably two. But, I mean, it, 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 you see, our understanding in the ethereal society is that, you, you know, you say that extinction six times, I, I, I'm not familiar with that. But certainly our understanding is that what we came to this earth from another planet that we destroyed, mm-hmm. namely Maldeck, over 18 million years ago. All that remains of Maldeck is the asteroid belt between um, <coughs> Mars and Jupiter. And there's very good evidence for that um, in, in all kinds of, you know, in, in all kinds of um, different ways, one can sort of look at that, but come to the conclusion that there has to have been a planet well it's our understanding it is a planet that we inhabited and which we destroyed through the tremendous and far greater than our present capability although we're working on it i believe with the large hadron collider but with the capability to um destroy a planet through an atomic war basically Mm -hmm. um now so that was an extinction of the Maldekians, now known as the Terrestrials, the human race. Um, the point being is that, in truth, and in the divine cosmic sense, um, nothing can be destroyed in its ultimate, complete sense. And and to that extent, we are an aspect of um, the universe. Uh, in the spiritual sense mm-hmm. because ultimately it, it all goes back to spirit and we are an aspect we are a manifestation um, in matter um of of that divine source and so we couldn't just be taken out of creation the spirit the spiritual aspect of man um that is connected to the soul And the soul to the mind and the emotions and the body, etc. Um, It had to reincarnate, albeit under tremendous limitation. And the only place that we could reincarnate were uh, in this solar system, which by karmic law, I would presume it needed to be within this solar system. But the other planetary, all the planetary cultures were already too advanced, too evolved for this extremely. Uh, involve intelligence with a small i um, that n- known as mankind, and the Earth as a conscious living intelligence, highly evolved in, uh, p- uh, planetary intelligence, um, offered sanctuary to humanity here to slowly go through this process, inevitable process um, of reincarnation back to the divine source. From which we all came, the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't say it's, you know, it's a, hey, it's, a, it's a, an interesting journey that we're all on. And it is a fascinating journey, incredible journey. Um, now, we would again, at our belief in the Ethereum Society, that we evolved into a civilization very, uh, over millions of years. I mean, we were incredibly involved, came out of the sea as, you know, some little newt kind of creature, I would think. Um, and evolved over millions of years into the civilization of Lemuria, which we again destroyed through the gross misuse of atomic power and set ourselves back, not as devastating as destroying the planet, but still destroyed the civilization. And then again, through the slow slow process of reincarnation, um, evolved up to the civilization known as Atlantis, which we again also destroyed through the gross misuse of atomic power. This was seemingly a few hundred thousand years ago. Out of that, the inevitable process goes on. And we have evolved into this present cycle uh, where again, we have the the, the, the potential to destroy Ourselves, I don't think yet we have the potential to destroy the planet. Although I think that we're working on that, consciously or or unconsciously. (laughs) And you know, you mentioned earlier on um, 1947 when this whole thing with UFOs really began. Well, you know, it. it, And I'd have to agree with you on that um, because it began after once again we had um, developed and tested. And, and used atomic weapons. And here we were again at this very same critical juncture that we have been in Atlantis and Lemuria, and if you go way back even to Maldek. And that's why they started showing up because they've seen all this from their own planets within our own solar system and within the whole galaxy, um, literally over millions of years. And I mean, it's, it's, it's more complex than that. Um, And this is at the same time where, you know, the founder of the Ethereum Society, Dr. George King, comes into the picture Mm -hmm. because he, um, unconnected with UFOs, but coming out of the Second World War in which he served as a conscientious objector, but he realized the need to, that Nazism was was an evil force. He served in London's fire brigade going through the blitz. So I mean, he'd seen, you know, frontline action and terrible um, devastation and mass killing uh, in, in, in London of, the, of civilians, um, so out of that he began to develop himself through ex- extremely intense uh, yogic practice, uh, resulting in his ability to go into the state of cosmic consciousness, or to give his eastern name, Samadhi. And it was in 1954 that he was first contacted by a being from a, from another world, goes by the name of the periods. So, in terms of past history, uh, in that sense, and 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 extinctions, we would argue there have been three. Uh, I don't know about the others. I, I'm not certainly not going to dispute that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, here we are, and this is where it brings it, you know, it, it all together. But more importantly than ourselves in our understanding in the Ethereum Society is the planet. And uh, because coming back to why we couldn't be taken out of creation is because nothing can be taken out of creation, because in point of fact, everything is conscious. There is consciousness in everything. And that includes, though it's hard for us to sort of wrap our heads around it much as I imagine it's probably hard for an ant or a spider to wrap its head around humans being conscious, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but this Earth and the whole solar system, all the planets, the sun, the galaxy, all have consciousness. It's just on a completely different level to our own consciousness. We need to start to begin to wrap our heads around that because it's incredibly elevated. It's incredibly divine. It's, it's, it, that, I would say, is true spirituality, that realization that all is divine, all is interconnected, all is, if you like, of God. All, all originated literally from that, what we term, rather crudely, the Big Bang. And all is going back to that same singularity from which it arose. And ancient yogis and mystics have always known that. And in fact, they refer to it as the great outbreathing and inbreathing of God. And we are in the process of an inbreathing going back to that one initial creative source from which we came. That is a long winded answer to your initial question, but it you know,
0: opens it up we are talking with Reverend Paul Nugent I'm Richard Dugan believe it or not Reverend Richard Dugan and you're listening to tell me your story we bring you new paradigms for a new world on this program we're looking for those new ways of living just look around the old ways just aren't working and quite honestly I think that uh, what we're gonna be talking about here on the program I think is going to be of I think it's gonna be of benefit now I'm not sitting here as a a member of or a proponent of the Aetherius Society All I'm doing is kind of presenting these uh, ideas and concepts, placing them out on that smorgasbord table I've constantly talked about for you to partake in, if you should so choose to. And uh, check it out. Do your own investigation. That's really what it's all about. We're talking with Reverend Paul Nugent, and we're talking about the Aetherius Society. Aetherius.org. We are linked to that website, and uh, we're also going to find out more about uh, George King, and his connection, his uh, uh, his part in the founding of the Aetherius Society. I want to ask you uh, uh, as before we get into some of the main topics that we want to talk about. Uh, I want to ask you about the. well, I refer to them as the ancient wisdom teachings. Uh, you can you can refer to the Bible, the Bhagavad Gita, the Upanishads, the Quran. Um I don't know what ancient wisdom teachings there are in Buddhism or many of the other lesser known obviously within Judaism it's the Torah the Old Testament and so forth is there a book a single text for the Aetherius Society in reference to its beliefs that someone can maybe get their hands on and say, hey, you know, well, this is very interesting. Uh, or again, you know, no, it's too far out for me. I'm not really interested, you know, and I, I give someone who is of that last uh, perspective credit for at least looking at it. OK, but what about that? Is there, is there a particular manuscript that uh, the Aetherius Society uh, uses? Um, I'm
1: going to answer far more yes than no to that question. Um, and, and I would refer people to, to two books specifically rather than just one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that for the more philosophically minded, I would go with, with this particular book. And for the more spiritually minded, I would go for that particular book. But they are extremely complementary. Uh, they were both channeled through Dr. George King. Well, let me let, let me name them. Uh, the philosophical book uh, is known as The Nine Freedoms. And it gives um, the, it's a metaphysical treatise on our evolutionary journey through this solar system. Um, and I'll outline the steps, or the, the, uh, those nine steps. It begins with bravery, the bravery to honour one's own inner truth, the bravery to recognise and stand by an honour truth. Not always easy at all. Uh, if we did we'd have a radically different world what's behind that choice though is love Uh, those two combined lead to service that path will lead one to enlightenment beyond enlightenment we gain cosmic consciousness when we can bring about cosmic consciousness at will we've attained ascension the ability to ascend as demonstrated by the great yogic avatar we know as the master jesus uh, beyond that, it is not the end. In fact, um, it, it's, it's not even the beginning of the end. But beyond that, um, beyond ascension, where do we go? Interplanetary existence, albeit on higher frequencies within on, on other planets within the solar system. Eighth freedom is Saturnian existence, the most evolved culture civilization in this solar system. It's incredible to read about this stuff. I thoroughly recommend it. Um, and then the ninth... Um, stopping place, if you like, is solar existence, that there is conscious, intelligent life of an incredibly high frequency, it almost seems sort of crazy to be even, you know, talking about it in these terms, but upon the sun, it's the most holy being in the whole of the solar system, those are those nine steps, the nine freedoms, it's an incredible uh, cosmic spiritual teaching, there's more in it it goes into Atlantis and Lemuria, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and Malik. The other book, which I would very much refer to, and actually is the book that drew me into the Aetherius Society, uh, the sort of more spiritual book we refer to it, what well, is known as the, the 12 blessings. Uh, we believe these were given by the Master Jesus, certainly um, on 12 consecutive Sundays in 1958. Um, we do not believe Jesus is dead in this coming back to the sense that nothing is dead. There is no death. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus, we believe, uh, like the Master of actually like the Buddha, uh, came from Venus. I'm from the bright morning star. Um, we believe Jesus was a, was a Venus who communicated through Dr. George King giving um, just this incredible spiritual um, concept of the whole cosmos uh, and with it there are prayers at the end of well, nine of the blessings, there are prayers. We use these prayers um, to send out energy uh, and light and healing etc to, mm. to the world. So in, those are the two books, the nine freedoms and uh, the twelve blessings.
0: And folks that's how I was introduced. I, I just happened to receive uh, an email talking about the 12 blessings and i went to read them and i was rather intrigued and then of course some other information on the website the aetherius uh, org it's it's really fascinating, uh, even if you're just re- uh, nominally interested in these subjects, I think that it would uh, behoove you to at least check it out. We're talking with uh, uh, Reverend Paul Nugent. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story, and we are talking about the Aetherius Society, Aetherius.org. We are linked to that website, and we encourage you to join us every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. for the special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM. We're also on iHeartRadio as well as Amazon Music and other locations, and you can also watch these interviews on YouTube. Uh, The YouTube channel is Richard Dugan and Tell Me Your Story. Easy to find. I did find another Tell Me Your Story channel, but I'm the one with the black hat, okay? doesn't always look that way in the videos, but nonetheless, this is the hat, and just look for me. Uh, and uh, we hope that you will do that. And also, if you can support us financially, we'd greatly appreciate that. We have a PayPal account. It is for your security as well as ours. And uh, when you go to PayPal and you want to send us a contribution, we'd greatly appreciate. It's going to ask you for an email address to send it to, and it's going to be Richard at RichardDugan.com. Very simple, Richard at RichardDugan.com. And I thank you, thank you, thank you to those who have helped. And those who will help. We also ask you to participate in the decade of perfect vision. We might even get into this with uh, our guest, Reverend uh, Paul Nugent, in terms of our intuition, listening to that still small voice, going into that quiet place. The Bible refers to it as going into your closet, if you will. Same difference, it's the same thing. And just calm down, relax. Um, go, it, it's almost along the lines of when you hear the phrase, go to your happy place that can be your happy place okay so we hope that you'll participate in that especially as you listen to this program tell me your story new paradigms for a new world Paul Nugent Reverend Paul Nugent of the Aetherius Society Aetherius.org is my guest and we're talking about uh, this very fascinating. I find it fascinating Paul because it is introducing a realm that I actually stayed away from for a long time. I did not want to go down this road back uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. But in the last couple of three years, it's like I, I, I got to go down this road because I can't escape it. It's, it's, it's part of our universe, whether you talk materially or spiritually. So one of the questions I want to ask you in regards to the, the Aetherius Society and then I want to get jump into some of these other questions that I've got here. You mentioned George King and that these respective books that you referred to earlier, The Nine Freedoms, The Twelve Blessings, came through him. He was the conduit, if you will, or the channel, right? Is he... In your belief, and in the Ethereum Society's belief, is, is he elevated beyond founder uh, to a position maybe up there as a messenger of God? Quote a prophet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera?
1: Well, let me answer that as best I can. I think that um, with things like words, prophet. I think that um you know time will time is the judge of those things. <clears throat> it's not, you know, we can obviously wave flags and stick uh, stick a label on him, oh he was he was a great prophet, etc. Um well we would say that. I think I think that um it, it needs it needs time to say that. I th- and in saying that I fully believe that time will say that. Um in terms of yes, channeled now. I don't know about your listeners, ordinarily, um, you know, the word channeling, the concept of channeling can send a little bit of a shiver down my spine in, 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 in not the best of ways, uh, you know, sort of, ooh, a bit, but could, this could be a bit dodgy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the difference, I would say, with Dr. George King, is I mentioned earlier that he, he developed himself by practicing uh, extremely intense yogic practices for up to eight hours a day over a 10 year period. This resulted in the Kundalini, a force we all have at the base of the spine, rising, rising through the Sushumna channel in the spine, opening all of the chakras and ultimately the Christ center and even the crown center. He had the ability to go into this positive yogic samadhi trance. And this was the state he adopted to receive these messages, Mm -hmm. which weren't just mental messages coming to him with so-called automatic writing. They spoke through him and they were recorded. There are over 600 of these cosmic transmissions. I mentioned I came in through the 12 blessings, not so much by reading the 12 blessings, but by hearing the 12 blessings. Uh, every Sunday in our divine services, uh, we're in Hollywood, if anybody's in the area would like to count at 11 o'clock, um, but you will hear one of these 12 blessings. It's incredibly pure. There is nothing uh, eerie or spooky or questionable about it. It's ex- as I say, <clears throat> it has a purity. It has a, a sort of resonance of absolute pure tr- truth <clears throat> about it. And as as such, it was something that I personally felt I couldn't ignore and, and looked into it more. and And I was a very pra- I was a practicing Christian at the time, um, but but it had, as I say, this great resonance and purity. Uh, about it that i that i couldn't ignore um so dr george king yes he was the medium but as i say in a very elevated state they were all recorded they're actually they can um anybody can can you know they're available at a very reasonable cost for people to hear we want that they were given they weren't just given to a few people to be sort of stuck under the bed They were given for people to hear because it's incredibly enlightening material. I believe it's the material, kind of material, not necessarily, well, it is unique, but it's not on its standing completely on its own. There are many complementary teachings, as you mentioned, from other religions. that give humanity this incredible vision of what we really are a part of and this this evolutionary spiritual journey that we are on. And it's just incredible. It, it, it becomes a divine, blissful, spiritual journey that we are on. Um, but we've lost it. We've lost the thread. And as a result, we've created the chaos and the anger and the the foulness and the pollution and everything else as a consequence of having lost our way. We've lost our way, mm. not just in the world, but in creation. We've lost our way. Fact, I mean, I love, I love the quote that I read, remember reading many years ago, 1984, by Alexander Solzhenitsyn in an article that was published in the London Times newspaper. And he said the trouble with the West, in the, and this was the old Soviet Union, so he was playing his cards right. But I mean, he really should have said the trouble with the world is that we have lost our consciousness of God. Mm. And I think that sums it up. We have lost our consciousness of God, what God is.
0: Let me ask you one final question in reference to uh, uh, George King specifically. Which is more important or uh, uh, more valuable? Let's put it that way. What? Which has more value? And uh, maybe I, I may be using the wrong words here. George King, and following him, or the nine freedoms and the 12 blessings and or the other 600 600 odd uh messages that were sent through him which I, has more value i e the message that he brought is he more important or are the messages he brought more uh, important uh, 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 uh well um it, it, it's a bit like, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? I, I, I don't think you can quite separate the two. Okay. Uh, That's fair. That is yeah. absolutely fair. Yeah. Let's talk about one of the practices. You you mentioned that he practiced yoga for eight hours a day, for every day for ten years. Let's talk about this king yoga. Now, before you do, I want to say you mentioned a, a very interesting term, a word, kundalini. And in another interview, as I was talking with this person who also uh, uh, w- uh, works in that energy, and we were chatting away, and I said, well, I've never done the practice. I, I've been connected with Self-Realization Fellowship, for example, Paramahansa Yogananda. And uh, they talk about that in terms of the practice of uh, raising the kundalini energy up the spine and so forth. And she said, you don't have to do the practice to have the energy flowing, and I thought because she says you already have it flowing, Richard, and I'm going really, I, I you know I'm okay. I'm I'm, I'm I am okay i am i i will not argue with you because you know yeah, but let's talk about this uh, this aspect of uh, the King Yoga, which I would again say, correct me if I'm wrong, helps to get that energy flowing up and down the spine, in particular.
1: Right. Well. Um, first of all, just going back to, to, to Kundalini, the, the rising of the, the full rising of the Kundalini will result in the mystic state we term cosmic consciousness. As I say in the East, it's known as the state of Samadhi, and it's it's the goal of all. Well, Yoga is a Sanskrit word, another Sanskrit word which actually means union, and essentially union with God. Um, I speaking of books um one very important book to me in my journey uh it's one of the few books that i no longer am willing to learn to lend out i don't need to lend it out because anybody can buy it um and that's the book entitled cosmic consciousness by an american in the 1800s um called richard morris buck and he describes all the people, I think there's about 30 people throughout history, going back to the Buddha, Moses, or obviously Jesus, uh, various others, right up to his own um, sort of guru, so to speak, who was Walt Whitman. He introduced me to Walt Whitman. What a joy that was. Um, but, he, he, you know, so I think, yes, in a sense, we all have Kundalini running through us, but not... Uh, only a tiny fraction of its of its potential. Mm-hmm. Um, coming back then to George King and what we now call King Yoga, in deference to Dr. George King, he did not come up with this title, we've given it to him in the Ethereum Society, actually just a few years ago, in deference to him, because he did come he, he did um formulate, if you like, um this incredible. And to that extent, certainly unique spiritual path. Um, and it combines the three aspects that make up the Aetherius society. Number one is is the are the cosmic teachings, the so-called spiritual wisdom that was given through him by beings from other worlds, with him in this positive yogic somatic trance over 600 transmissions. Together, I mean, Dr. George King was a yoga master in his own right. I mean, he, you know, you won't find many people uh, as qualified to speak on such metaphysical topics as karma, reincarnation, life after death. Etc. As Dr. King himself. So these are all spiritual teachings, but with a um, very strong cosmic element to them. It's one aspect. Um, I mentioned, as we've discussed, he he, he practiced yoga, and there are uh, there are various different disciplines that one can practice. The main ones uh, that he used and that we uh, practice and teach in the Ethereum society are pranayama yogic breathing exercises there's a wonderful um system of six yogic exercises can be done in 15 minutes the doctor king brought together very very practical um form of yoga breathing um controlling the breath uh the, the another aspect is mantra yoga We do a lot of mantra in the Ethereum society. Uh, We use visualization, we use prayer. I mean, prayer, probably not ordinarily considered as a yogic practice. I would say it's one of the best yogic practices for for enlightening, opening and opening the mind. And all the the psychic centers in point of fact to to divine source, to, to spirit. Uh, and but using it in a very practical way. So there's the second aspect then of, of personal d- self-development, not just for one's own sake. In fact, uh, we would say more purposefully f- um, for the world as a whole. So the third and, and, and essentially the main aspect of this path of King Yoga, besides the cosmic teachings, besides the yogic practices, is service, is giving service because... Um, we're be serious about our beliefs in the Aetherius Society. It's, we don't, we're not half-hearted about it. We do uh, recognize that this planet, this Earth, is changing as part of some far greater cosmic plan. The vibration on this planet is being shifted. And there's an urgency for all mankind to, to wake up, if you like, to become conscious of this great change that is taking place. So a, a new world, if you like, is being birthed onto a higher frequency, and humanity, if we're to remain here, uh, needs to make that change. And so that is why service is so important in our in our beliefs and our practice to literally radiate spiritual energy, to uplift mankind, to help transmute the negative karmic aspects, uh, and. Dr. King in this sense devised incredible what we call cosmic missions because they are missions that involve terrestrials but also extraterrestrials, these beings from other worlds who've watched over us since Malbec, through Lemuria, through Atlantis, right up to this present age. And that is the major way in which we are able to to be of service to the whole world. So those three elements combined make up as I say, this path that we now call King Yoga, in deference to him. And he would not have given this this name himself because, believe it or not, like all great true yoga masters, he believed it, he was very humble. He had humility. He wouldn't have put his name to such a thing. But I think it, we all feel it was right. I say we all. Most of us feel that it was right mm-hmm. to have honoured him
0: in this way. We're talking with Reverend Paul Nugent of the Aetherius Society. I'm Richard Dugan. The Aetherius Society's website is aetherius.org. We will be linked to that website, and we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. We're bringing you new paradigms for a new world, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And we hope that you will join us at our respective times, Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and 9 a.m. on Wednesdays. Streaming live at those times, you'll be able to hear us online uh, at richarddugan.com. I want to ask you about, uh, you mentioned prayer as one of, the, one of the aspects that's not commonly thought of in, in the yoga practice, uh, but what is Operation Prayer Power?
1: Uh, great question, uh, Richard. Uh, and Operation Prepa is literally one of these cosmic missions um, that Dr. King devised um, for humans to uh, work in cooperation with the gods from space, by which we mean these great, you know, cosmic masters on other uh, on other planets within our solar system. Uh, Operation Dr. George King fully understood the power of prayer it's an energy it's it's uh the invocation of energy conditioning it with thought and heart and intention and you bring all of that together and when you put intensity behind it you've got a a, a very real force in fact uh the great mahatma gandhi said prayer properly Properly understood and applied is the most potent instrument of action. And who am I to disagree with Mahatma Gandhi? So we use prayer, but uh, and ordinarily it's, and this was you know, but it, as a uh, it's associated particularly you might say with Christianity. Um and and in the Christian church, we get down on our knees and we put our hands together and 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 we, we pray either by thought or maybe we say something out loud. Um, that's not how we pray in the ethereal society. I'm not ridiculing or criticizing that for a moment to say mm-hmm. I came out of the Christian church. It has its place. But in Operation Prayer Power, we're using it as a dynamic force. We, we 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 are um, literally invoking it with full this energy with full intention. We use, as I mentioned, the prayers from the from the from the twelve blessings. And but we don't just send it out through the through. We have chakras in the palms of our hands, which send out energy. That's why you know when you're given healing, you're channeling this energy into the into the patient. It uh, flows naturally out of the palms of one's hands. Uh, and keeping the heart center also through which energy is flowing and it's flowing very vibrantly if one's really dynamic and one's and bringing the whole prayer together so you've got this energy much like electricity uh, and what Dr George King in his understanding of prayer he also realized that this can be stored yes it can be sent out immediately it can be sent through healing to an individual can be radiated out to to a world, to a, to a country, to an individual, to a situation. Yes, and we all should do this, and we certainly do this in the ethereal society. But in Operation Prayer Power, we store it. We st- and we store it in what we call a battery uh, for storing energy um, that is filled with very finely ground crystal. and um, Because the crystal will hold whatever energy is put into it. You're, t- you're talking about very subtle psychic energies. And um, so we've each week, and we've been doing this since 1973 in different locations around the world, uh, we invoke this energy. We also have a team of people. you've got one person at the battery using dynamic prayer and mudra to invoke well, to channel the energy, invoke it and channel it. Uh, You've also got a team of people all around doing mantra, reciting mantra at the same time. So they're invoking energy and they're directing it to the person praying at the battery who's using uh, a mudra, an antenna system to pick up that very subtle frequency and direct it together with their own prayer energy into this crystalline battery. So we we, we collect it. Um, And then different situations at different times, if there is a disaster, and we have too many of them, we've already pre-collected 500, 1,000 hours of prayer energy. And we, we offer it, again, with intention, specified intention, to beings around our world. Who are helping us in this whole evolutionary process at this time? Who will manipulate it on our behalf to where it has been intended to go? And we've been doing this, as I say, since 1973. Uh, we do it. We, we, we do it because we know it works. We've seen the results of it work. Um, it, it cooperates with devic forces, nature elements. Uh, it 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 it's it can be picked up by by humans. It gives I've spoken with people who work on the front lines after disasters, who were who so unbelievably grateful to hear that the Ethereum Society is doing this work because she's been she'd been in so many disaster zones, and that energy you can tangibly feel it when you're there, this prayer energy. Um, we believe we've moved hurricanes. Um, We've put out wildfires by by letting the winds completely drop to the, you know, the word miraculous, when you read reports of people in the area, uh, you know, these things are miraculous. They're not miraculous. Miracles are things that we don't understand, but there is actually, there is a, a reason why these things happen. It's cooperating in the highest, best, good sense. Of, uh, uh, of divinity, and so what, that is what Operation prayer is. We do it every week um, here in Los Angeles, it's every Thursday. I can't hear you.
0: I have a question in regards to this battery that you speak of. Mm. Why is it, uh, you've explained how it is used, but why not during the disaster, Do you not just pray? Why don't you just send the energy at that time? Do do,
1: do that as well. It's just that, um, well, put it it like this. Um, Let's say that there is um, a fire next door. Mm -hmm. And for the last, we have filled, um, you know, great containers with water. Now, if you haven't got that, if you if you all you've got is is the bottle of water you just swigged from, you're not going to be able to put the water the, the fire out. But if it's already pre-collected, it's there. It's at hand, and it's extre- It becomes extremely concentrated. Yes, whenever there's a disaster, the whole human race should stand up and send energy mm-hmm. to that situation. Um, but it's just. In, in a way, you could say this it, Operation Prepa,
0: Prepa is like the cavalry arriving. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Uh, Reverend Paul Nugent is my guest of the Ethereal Ethereus Society. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story. We're bringing you new paradigms for a new world, and we're talking with um, uh, the the spokesperson, at least in this uh, conversation for the Aetherius Society. Uh, And you certainly talked about uh, this whole aspect of prayer and uh, all of these different things. I want to ask you, because somehow I feel this probably ties in, what is satellite number three?
1: Yeah, you are an intuitive man, Richard, let it not be said. Uh, it does very much tie in. It, it, it ties in particularly with Operation Prayer Power, um, but it, 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 it actually sort of greatly precede, precedes Operation Prayer Power. You see, coming back, one, one has to come back uh, <coughs> to Malde uh, and Lemuria uh, and Atlantis and the Mother Earth. Um, these, because these things are cosmic. These things, um, I don't know if you ever read. I, I, I use the story very, very briefly, but in, in the hope that it will illustrate the point. Um, I'm assuming you've read Hamlet, the Shakespeare's play Hamlet.
0: Yes, I'm familiar. Yes. Good man. Um, well, there are two
1: lesser characters in. Shakespeare's play Hamlet, known as Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. They're less they're, they're courtiers, they're friends of Hamlet. They play small roles in the play. Well, back in, I don't know, the 60s, 1960s, maybe 1970s, a wonderful playwright called Tom Stoppard wrote a play called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, because actually in Hamlet they do die. Um, And this play, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern Are Dead, is about Rosencrantz and Guildenstern's world, coming back to your universe, my universe. This was Rosencrantz and Guildenstern's individual universe. And it's what goes on in their world. But in that cycle, it occasionally interacts with Hamlet, with Shakespeare's Hamlet. And the parts that Shakespeare gave to them in Hamlet Appear in Tom Stoppard's play Rosencrantz and *Gildenstadt*. If you can see, like a, a wheel or cogs sort are of turning, and occasionally it will intersect intersect with this bigger play of *Hamlet* that was going on. If you can follow me, um, and it's the same for all our individual universes. Yes, we're all, we're all sort of revolving in our world in our little universes, but they intersect with other universes, with other people, and bigger things, and um our world, and indeed our whole solar system, intersects with something far bigger. The, the, the whole solar system is ju- is interact- interacting itself with other moving parts in this whole galactic system. And in that sense, when people ask me what's going on, I always like to say Laniakea. Laniakea is a super cluster of galaxies. Our galaxy, the Milky Way, together with hundreds of thousands of galaxies in this corner of the universe, are accelerating at incredible velocities towards this super cluster of galaxies known as Laniakea. It's an Hawaiian word which means immeasurable heaven. That's what's really going on. And so coming back to satellite number three, these cosmic masters have have watched over us as i say for millennia and they know that the whole evolutionary process in this solar system is quickening it's not just on this earth it's quickening within the whole solar system you could say because it's dovetailing into laniakea there's something far greater we're all going back to that singularity aka god from which it all came that's what's really going on and knowing that humanity was behind the curve we screwed up we've repeatedly screwed up we've lost our consciousness of god we've forgotten what we're really a part of this big picture and they because love is the energy of the universe compassion is the energy of the universe service is the modus operandi of creation sacrifice in point of fact not just service sacrifice because one knows that it's all wondrous It's all divine. It's like um, um, a a parent's love for a child, however much that child screws up, but the love remains. And and so satellite number three is an extraterrestrial craft that has been coming into orbit, to the best of our knowledge, since 1955, radiating a frequency of energy to anybody on the planet who is involved in some kind of selfless conscious spiritual action and here i you know the how the mechanics of it whether it uh, but everything is energy and th- so whatever it is at that molecular level whether it's uh, come a, a frequency from the heart the mind whatever it is it, is able to be enhanced by this craft satellite number three by a factor of 3,000 times. I would say satellite number three has been the biggest game changer on earth in the last 65 odd years. And we've seen a radical shift in just about everything. You know, that they, they refer to this period that we're living through as ex, the exponential age, because literally everything is going exponential. And I would say, perhaps the biggest single catalyst in that has been satellite number three. Consciousnesses are being changed. We are shifting. You might not see it playing out exactly on the political level, but at a grassroots level, there are more and more people getting with this far bigger program, this far greater reality. There's an urgency. There's an understanding that is being birthed. And I would, satellite number three, I would say, has been an incredible force behind that uh and, and to, to bring it to prayer power um when it is in orbit when satellite number three is in orbit of earth it comes in at specific periods each year it's currently in orbit point of fact we cooperate with it and one of the ways we cooperate with it um besides our prayer services and everything else is we offer this prayer power energy that we've invoked through radionic apparatus that dr king devised we call it a spiritual energy radiator we put the battery on at one end we have an antenna on at the other end and that energy is picked up by satellite number three that will use it as it is and where it is most or best needed on earth at this time
0: we're talking with reverend paul nugent and you're kind of describing The the way in which the healing energies, as I was taught going through my uh, master's class in Reiki, that you send the energy out, but you don't send it out with a specific intention for quote-unquote healing of a particular individual. You send it out with the intention of giving it to that person or situation and letting that person or situation use it in whatever way they choose. Uh, And I'll keep keep the story very brief. My my father's brother, my uncle, was uh, diagnosed with cancer we wanted to send him an absentee healing so we did uh, about a month or two later we went to his funeral and then my mother told me about what happened shortly after we sent him this absentee healing and he was a he got angry he had enough energy He threw his medications across the room jumped in his wheelchair wheeled across the the compound where his family lived to where his son and his family lived in their house had a, a, a time of of uh, father-son closure if you will and then shortly after that he passed that's what he chose to do with that energy mm-hmm. uh, someone else might have chosen to use it to eradicate the cancer cells mm-hmm. uh, but it's not up to us so to that end whether it be satellite number three whether it be prayer power uh, the, the operation prayer power uh, and so forth what is uh, what is our I, I, <laughs> I'm about to ask that ultimate question what is our purpose in all of this because you've already stated that we are going to go we came from the singularity we came from the one mm. we're going back to the one and in one sense in one mm. real sense mm. we've mm. never really left
1: the one no, true. we've
0: true. never really left it no. Uh, But we find ourselves here in what we like to call this dualistic world. The Hindus call it maya or illusion. Okay? And none of this is real. Uh, And yet all of this is real, at least in the context of of energy. So so share with us our our purpose in this process, our purpose for being, uh, our purpose in the universe. Well... I
1: think that's an unanswerable, in terms of, well, I think some of that is an unanswerable question. And that, as somebody said very very wisely, is that's what makes God, God, because it it is completely understandable. But in terms of, you know, if there was a why in that question, Mm -hmm. um, I always go back to um, my college days back in England, back in the 70s and i saw the film if you remember it because we're a similar um age Mm. the deer hunter Mm. you're looking a bit like a deer hunter there in your hat (laughs) (laughs) And, and as a college kid i saw this film the deer hunter and i just thought wow that's just such an amazing film um and i went to my what we used to call here, roommate, back there, called flatmate. And I went to him and I said, I envy you. And he looked at me and was well, why? And I said, because you do not know what a treat you are in for when you go to see this film, The Deer Hunter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, I, I use that kind of a, as a metaphor because I think we're on this journey and we just don't know what we're in for. It just becomes more and more and more incredible. Well, and, the, and the 12 blessings, mm-hmm. just to, the 12 blessings outlines that. We are on this cosmic journey. We, we, we use the word bliss, bliss, bliss. Bliss is a starting point. It, uh, this mystery, unraveling this unravelable mystery is just such an ecstatic dance in the greatest possible inconceivable cosmic sense. I mentioned Laniakea. We can't begin to think of something like Laniakea, and yet we're a part of Laniakea. And Laniakea would be incomplete without us as individuals. We are all essential to this cosmic whole. We are on the most incredible journey through enlightenment, through cosmic consciousness, through ascension, through interplanetary experience, through Saturnian experience, through solar existence, through galactic experience, intergalactic experience, supergalactic experience. That's the journey we're on mm. in this ecstatic journey of going back to the source. For this to know that.
0: I myself have come to a realization and it was sort of brought to me indirectly through someone who challenged me when they said, "Well, what about all your mistakes, Richard?" Where this came this answer came from, I can only speculate. I haven't made any mistakes in my life. I have only had learning experiences. Well. And when you take pass-fail, success-failure out of the equation and replace it with learning experiences, maybe just experiences in general, there is no need for forgiveness of self or others because if you see yourself as not having made mistakes but just having learning experiences then so everybody else is in the same position. They are all just having learning experiences. Now, you would probably agree with me, and because you kind of alluded to this earlier in the program, uh, as as referencing consciousness and the raising of the consciousness, there are going to be those people who will resist that rising of the consciousness. Uh, they will resist it with every fee uh, fiber in their being because mm-hmm. they don't want things to change. They want to hold on to the power and the control and the money and the material aspects.
1: Very true, and I think that's yeah. playing out. We can see our world is getting more desperate yeah. in that sense. Yeah, but it but it cannot last, and it right. will burn. It's
0: not sustainable. Yeah, it's, no, not at all. Right, Reverend Paul Nugent, my guest. The Aetherius Society, aetherius.org is the website, which we are linked to here on Tell Me Your Story. We're talking about the Aetherius Society, and Reverend Paul Nugent, I want to thank you so much for... Giving us, again, so much time on the program talking about so many of these uh, aspects, so many more questions that come to mind. We, you know, we started going in a direction that would actually, if we went on for another hour, I'd be going into uh, free will versus predestination and reincarnation and all of these other aspects that I think are very important to talk about. And we're, hey, part three, we're going to have to have part three, Paul. If, If you're open to it, we'll do it all right I would love to do it and thank you so much for giving us so much time my pleasure Richard I have three final questions I asked you at the end of the last program I'm going to ask you again well I can't remember my answers so let's see if I come up something the same or something different you got it I will ask you those in just a moment but first I want to thank you for uh, tuning in listening and watching tell me your story Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. Wednesdays at 9 a.m. and streaming live at those times on at RichardDugan.com with podcasts at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. We are also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast and videocasts as well. And uh, we also hope that you can support us financially with uh, contributions through PayPal for your security as well as ours and participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, another subject that we uh, need to get into in terms of our intuition as well with our guest, Reverend uh, Paul Nugent, and we will do that in our Part 3 in this ongoing series with the, the a society let me start by asking you question number one who is Paul Nugent that's
1: right uh, Well, I'm gonna be a bit cryptic but I'm gonna say full reflection is Paul Nugent is a reflection of yourself
0: what is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now
1: Divine Realization.
0: And finally, what is your life's purpose? To achieve that. And once again, I thank you for giving us so much time and I thank you for listening and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love, Talal.